here on the 15th of November 2023. Your host, Mark Anderson, coming to you live today. I'm on UKcolumn.org every Monday. Check that out. Kind of a TV format. Uh, The live broadcast of that in real time is at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. UK time. And I've written off and on in recent years for American Free Press and I have written, among other things, about one PF, now known as Free Laser. And some of you have heard me talk about this longtime former inmate of the California prison system. And that is the big central news today. He's now a former inmate. Many would say political prisoner. And there are others out there that he's very concerned about. But he's got a story to tell. He'll probably be on this show more than once. But today is the first day. And he's been breathing the exhilarating air of freedom right out on the West Coast for the time being. And I I must imagine how exhilarating it must be after being wrongly imprisoned for 40 years on a completely bogus second-degree murder charge. No truth to it at all. But anyway, here he is. He's with us today. And it's a great thing to say, Free Laser. How you doing, Free? Hi, Mark. Uh, great introduction. I appreciate that, and thank you so much for having me on the show. I consider it a great privilege to be on here with you and to be able to speak to your listeners. I appreciate it very much. I yeah. am loving my free. I'm lo- loving my freedom. Uh, there are a lot of uh, oh frustrations with it too, but every frustration, disappointment, and all the things along those lines are wonderful because. They're within the context of being free for the first time in 40 years, and it's great. I can't even imagine it, so I won't even try. Um, we do live in a paradoxical state where some political analysts claim that we're all imprisoned in one way or one degree to another, and prison walls are simply a redundancy, another level of imprisonment and nothing more. But we probably won't get into too much of such Orwellian thought, dystopian thought, some might say, but... Yeah, this has got to be tremendous. I mean, we've we've got to just say kudos. Uh, Everything you did and others have tried to have your back over the years in in very tough times when things seemed hopeless, when things seemed bleak, when it looked like you'd never get out. But here it happened. And you can just kind of tell us your story uh, in an open-ended fashion, you know, kind of discuss it to the degree that you're comfortable with. And uh, I know that you, you're concerned about those. I mentioned it in the in the intro. I just briefly alluded to it, that there are other political prisoners still behind bars, and we got to give them our thoughts and prayers. We don't necessarily need to name them, um, but uh, we can talk about a website a little bit later where people can read up on some of them. And anyway, yes, um, describe free um, what what. What transpired to get you out of the um, the prison there in California, the one at um, Soledad, to be exact, uh, in the greater Monterey Salinas area, I believe. And uh, right. interesting, interestingly enough, that's where my mom's mom lived, and I used to go near Fort Ord and Salinas and Monterey and Princess Camp when I was in my young teens, and I hung out in that general area of California 
when I was 14, 15 years old. Small world. But, uh, of course, I was, you know, a free person. And I'd, we'd go to the Monterey Fisherman's Wharf. And there'd always be fog down there. Almost always foggy there. But, uh, anyway, yeah, describe the course of events that um, got you out. And then we can kind of maybe walk backwards a little bit uh, back into that harrowing experience. And, you know, although there were bright spots... And there's been some good changes, but uh, just kind of talk us through it a little bit. What happened here? Sure, Mark. <clears throat> um, yeah, Salinas area where I just came out of, I was in prison for the last seven years, is the John Steinbeck country. I'm sure most people know who John Steinbeck is, the famous writer. Uh, and before Salinas Valley, I'd been transferred continuously about every year and a half to two years or so from prison to prison to prison. So it was good that I got to stay at the one place and really settle in and, and get some things accomplished. And I think that in itself helped, you know, get my freedom at this time. But, you know, first of all, I give the, the glory most of all to God. I believe in prayer and answer to a lot of prayers uh, really brought me out as much or more than anything else. And a combination of a lot of different factors, but uh, the help from a lot of people, people who helped sustain me while I was in prison with food packages a few times a year, just by little ongoing contributions uh, from a lot of good-hearted people. Uh, but a lot of people wrote uh, letters to the parole board. We'd normally put out a notice ahead of a parole hearing coming up asking people that knew me if they wanted to write letters. Occasionally we had letters from other people, too, just that were outraged about 40 years in prison or, or even when it was soon, earlier than that, 30 years and 25 years and so forth. They were outraged about that. Sometimes we'd have people that didn't even know me right in, but mostly we limited it to my friends, loved ones, few family members uh, kind of hanging on, mostly abandoned by them, but they would write for the parole board, at least when parole hearings came up usually. So uh, I have all those people to thank, all that prayer of, of those kind of people and all the uh, emphasis and effort behind it, a huge amount of effort, energy spent, uh, especially from my dear, dear friend, Gail Travis, who is 89 years old and she's still doing things for me and never stopped doing what she could with all kind of uh, requests from me to help with one logistical thing or another, sometimes looking up information, sometimes finding something I needed uh, that, that was in storage, that sort of thing. And a lot of people helped with you know, finding things on the Internet. So a combination of these plus really dozens and dozens, scores of other kind of ingredients went into the whole soup of being able to get my freedom. But there was also a major change in the prison system. <clears throat> I thought I'd never say it. I thought I'd never give any good credit to the prison system or to the parole board. But I tell the truth, and where it's due, I'm not afraid to say it. I go with wherever the truth goes and not some private agenda that I might have. So I will say CDC, that is the California Department of, of Corrections, now called California Department of Corrections Rehabilitation, has come a long way in making major changes over the last five to seven years since I've been at Salinas Valley Prison, and uh, their changes all for the better. They cleaned up a lot of the really terrible stuff that was going on. In the old days, there were, as, as anybody knows that was watching the news over the years, there were uh, Senate hearings in California prison guards setting up prisoners to murder each other, uh, 
chicken fights, they called it, where they would actually bet on which, which guy would stab each other, the other guy to death. And uh, that's just one example of the, the terror and the horrors that went on in California Department of Corrections for many years. And that even started that actually their green wall gang, there was actually a gang of prison guards, just like a street gang, just like the criminal gangs on the outside and on the inside called the green wall gang. That, that was established in 1997 or 98, right there at Salinas Valley State Prison. And I'd been at that, I was at that prison when it started, but years before 97, 98, from the time I went to prison in, in 83 or, or really starting about a year after, I was put on a list of uh, top, basically the top of the list to be retaliated against and pursued for everything from murder hit contracts by inmates put out by the guards to a lot of other abuses that are just so horrendous. I can't even imagine them having been through them as I go through some of my journals and diaries of those years. It, it kind of blows my mind of what, it, what I survived. And again, I just credit that all to God and not to me and to the help of a lot of other people. But that's been cleaned up. This is the point I want to make now is that the uh, California Department of Corrections, of which the parole board is a branch, really has cleaned that up in the last five to seven years. Most of the bad apple guards that were doing all those kind of things have been booted out. And those who were willing to change... Go ahead, Mark. Did we interjecting with something? Uh, no, I just said, aha. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just acknowledging oh, oh, what okay. you're saying. Oh, all right, I got a little. I got a little noise behind me. I'm sitting in the laundry room of our transition house. We'll probably talk about that later. But uh, the uh, the changes they've uh, retrained guards, and they're actually very polite and kind. They're decent people. They're like like us, like human beings. And I never could see them that way before the changes started about seven years ago. And interesting, those changes that CDC made are exactly commensurate with when. I stopped getting retaliatory one uh, rule violation reports, which were false reports always. I was a model prisoner, but they, they didn't recognize me as such. My prison record, they claim, makes it look like I was one of the worst terrorists, not of violence or anything like that. There was very little they ever accused me of in that regard, but just in getting into trouble with petty little things. And all of it was made up. All of it was invented by guards. They knew it was invented by them. And they did it intentionally to harass me, to send me to the hole on a regular basis, to destroy my life, to destroy my property continuously. And that includes a lot of uh, intellectual property, creative uh, songs that I write and inventions that I made and that sort of thing, that once they destroy them, they're gone forever. But uh, all of those terrors, all of that stuff started melting away. And the guards these days, at least in the prison I was in, they're, they're I think there'll be some prisoners disagree with this in California, that uh, that they're still being harassed and terrorized at a few places, maybe like Corcoran, Old Corcoran Prison and High Desert. But they've pretty much limited the guards that are still doing that are pretty, pretty much flocked to those couple of places, maybe one other, one or two others. But mostly it's changed tremendously. I give them great credit for that. If it had not been for that, I would have never gotten out of prison. I would have died there years later. And the main reason that the parole board kept denying me was because I would not admit guilt to murder. Every, everybody knew from the start, I acknowledged when I called the police to save the guy I shot, that I shot a man in self-defense who broke into my house and tried to kill me with a meat cleaver. Uh, and uh, everybody knew that. 
So it was never like an issue of, oh, we want you to confess that you shot this guy. It was an issue that, no, we want you to confess it was not self-defense, but it was murder. And then uh, along with that, the false rule violation reports would always be written right before my parole hearings every time, about eight of them, and I get fair guards as judges judging me not guilty of about half and about half I'd get guards that were involved in the conspiracy to write those false reports that would find me guilty. And one such report would always be all that was needed to deny me parole, even though they said I had the best parole plans, the best support system in the community, the best uh, non-criminal background, absolutely no crime history whatsoever other than this, and the fact that three judges since about 2007 up till the present stated independently of each other that this was a genuine self-defense case. With all that, they still kept denying me because of a petty rule violation report that might have been as simple as being on the phone out of turn. Or uh, they had something they called uh, uh, reckless eyeballing, where some prisoners, they, they didn't accuse me of this, but just give you an idea of how stupid and, and unfair some of this was, is that if, you, if some prisoner like, looked like he maybe kind of Googled his eyes at a pretty female staff member in a tight suit, uh, that they would write him up for reckless eyeballing. So, you know, things of that nature that were not that particular one, but that were stupid, petty things were enough to deny me parole for the rest of my life had this change not been made in the system. And I give credit to the parole uh, commissioner and deputy commissioner that were the ones in my hearing that decided to grant me parole preliminarily because they did their job they researched everything about my case, found out a lot who I really was. They stated a few bad things like that I was guilty of these rule violation reports, which I was not. But they looked at who I was at the time I was sitting before them and for the last five to seven years with no new rule violation reports during that period. I'd actually gotten some issued by a few bad apples, but they were thrown out as being fabricated uh, by fair guards who were acting as judges. And so I do give a lot of commendation to the California Department of Correction and Rehabilitation and the parole board for the changes they've made. And they need to continue to make more and spread that and spearhead that to where they can get other states to pick up on it because other states have not done this yet, most of them by far. And they're still living in what I lived through the first 30 years of the horrors that nobody should ever have to go through. Back to you, Mark. Yeah, let me ask you real quick. What motivated the guards to get into these dirty tricks? Was it personal gain? Uh, was it some sort of, uh, did you say betting system? Um, well, the betting system was, was certainly never the motivation. It was just one of the games of fun that sadistic people played. And so that a lot of people that came became prison guards they couldn't get another job because their personalities were so evil. But, oh. And even, even if they could, this kind of position as a career in life or as a job in life attracts sociopaths, psychopaths, and evil, evil-hearted, uh, sadistic people. So a lot of guards, and again, I'm not saying all of them by any means, but I'm saying there, there really aren't hardly any sadistic sadistic guards or evil ones at the place I just uh, paroled from, Salinas Valley, for the last five to seven years. 
there, there may be one or two, and the last few years, none. So, but over the years before these major changes were made in CDCR, they were mostly sadistic, evil, brutal guards. There were always a few good ones, even then. But, but picture it. A good guard, he's one out of 10 or one out of 20. There's no way he or she can stick their neck out and go to bat for a prisoner who's being abused and exposed it without wrecking their life. In fact, the guy who exposed the green wall, his name was Donald. Um, that'll probably come to me in, in a few minutes. I, I don't remember off top. Oh, Donald Vodika, V-O-D-I-K-A. He wrote the book called The Green Wall. He exposed the whole thing about the prison guards with their actual official gang with gang colors and gang membership card and all that. It was, it was a violent wow. street gang, but, but only of prison guards. And he exposed it all because it, it had such a bad effect on him and his life that he couldn't stand to keep seeing what they were doing to prisoners and their fellow guards that they were coercing into this type of a lifestyle. And so he exposed it all in his life. Became so miserable. He, he was, he, his wife, children were threatened with murder repeatedly by other guards, and they had to go underground. When they testified in the hearings, he broke down in tears many times on, on a stand, testifying as to the evil they were all doing around him. And he had to go, uh, I, I don't know if he went into federal witness protection, but if not, it was something like that. Had to move, move his whole family, start a life all over again. Okay, we got uh, about one minute before the break, maybe less, and then we get into a short segment. Then there's the ads at the bottom of the hour free and station ID, and then the last half hour is advertising free. So that's what's coming up in the near future here. But, yeah, this is very interesting that you extricated yourself from this stranglehold, and along the way, things were made intentionally better. Uh, that's very gratifying to see in a world where we too often see tyranny and abuses carrying on unabated. And so uh, it's it's very reassuring to finally hear that there's some positive changes going on in the overall system, as we call it, the system. And, yeah, uh, and, we'll talk- and if I get too long-winded on any of my responses, Mark, just uh, do interject like you did and let me know breaks or, or for whatever reason. Yeah, we got one coming up momentarily. But anyway, we're listening here, ladies and gentlemen, to Free Laser, as he's known, who has been imprisoned wrongly for 40 years. He was recently paroled. He's breathing the exhilarating air of freedom. He's going to talk after the ads about what it feels like free and back in society. We'll be right back. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. 
Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome. I will continue to buy product. This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem. Pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the Rotating Sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Every day we roll from town to town See another mom papa just getting shut down It's the same five stores everywhere we go And it's the same damn music on the radio segment of Stop the Presses today, 15 November 2023, your host Mark Anderson, and I am elated to be talking with Free Laser. The last time we communicated with Free, he was still a prisoner in the California prison system. He is now free, as his name uh, celebrates, you might say, and he explained a little bit in the opening segment uh, the ups and downs of having been in there, uh, some of the dirty prison guards but they've uh, mostly been kicked out and marginalized, and the system is vastly improving. Finally, I might add the word finally. But free, just describe a little what it's like to be free. We can carry this over past the bottom of the hour, but, I mean, we got to just step back and say this has got to be really mind-blowing, exhilarating, kind of a reality check, all of the above, right? Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head about reality checks every now and then. Uh, Sometimes I wake up in the morning uh, and my eyes are still closed and I just pray, please let me wake up in this transition house and not in prison, that this was not a dream. 
that's how serious it gets as to the impact of this and, and 40 years of habit of waking up in a prison. I, I want to mention this too, Mark, before I go on. I don't know how raspy my voice is coming over the air to your listeners or to you. This is not my normal voice. I'm quite under the weather. So I just wanted to say, if people are wondering why I sound so hoarse or if my throat's been destroyed in prison, I, I, it's just a temporary thing with a, a bad cold right now. So just wanted to mention that. But um, anyway, to, to further answer your question about, about freedom and how it feels, one of the things I did early on is I went to the, the bay uh, inside, not the actual ocean, but the San Francisco Bay in Alameda, and I, I uh, was by myself, and I propped up my cell phone and was running along the water, like about three or four inches of water. I have really bad knees. They've both been destroyed uh, in prison, but I was running as best I could along the water trying to get a, a selfie of that whole thing. Yet, with my arms raised up, just screaming, freedom, 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 and it was so cool to get that exhilarating feeling, if you can picture it, and I've got uh, I've got some shots of it, some video of it, because a really, really nice Asian couple had seen it, seen me doing that, and offered to take the, the photos or the video themselves on my awesome. uh, cell phone and on theirs. So they did. They took some video of that, and they've even uh, we exchanged phone numbers after we spent some time together. They they knew I was in prison for 40 years. I told them, and they had no qualms about that. And Next time I'm in Alameda, I'll be looking them up, and uh, we'll be probably going to lunch together and strike up a good friendship. So it's just wonderful. So many people, I, I was saying earlier to, to you, Mark, off air, that I'm so amazed. Hold on just a second. I'm so amazed by the technology of the cell phones and the way that everybody lives by them. They're like a piece of your body. You never leave. And, uh, yes. and computer laptops, sort of the same way. But the thing that impresses me most, that impacts me even more than that, is the people. I've been in this closed society for so many years where there's very little social interaction. And what there was for me was very limited because I never did sink into the prison mentality with all the prison tattoos and the prison lifestyle and the prison language and using the, the uh, latest jargon that they would use. I stayed out of all that. I kept my mind out here in freedom. Unlike most prisoners, I was pretty, pretty rare, almost unique in that sense. Uh, but even still, even with that, I'm, I'm impacted with shock in a good way at the society because the people here, I'm in a, I'm in a bad area of Oakland. It's a, it's a rundown, you know, like the, the pits in the ghetto sort of uh, but the people here are so nice, so kind. And I've been other places. I got a weekend pass where I was able to leave the transition house I'm in for a weekend, stay two nights over with friends. So I went down to the East Bay area, Fremont and Castro Valley. We even saw a great uh, uh, Veterans Day parade. It was one of the best parades I've ever seen in my life, if not the best. Got a lot of video shot of that too. But everywhere I've been, so far, I have to stay within a 50-mile radius. That includes San Francisco even. I was apparently in one of the better parts of San Francisco because I hear a lot of bad about the bad parts. Everywhere I've been, people have been kind. They've been helpful. Anybody I stop and ask for directions, which is pretty much about 20 times a day <laughs> out on the street, 
going yeah. somewhere with public transportation and walking, every single one of them has been kind, caring, helpful, go out of their way, pull out their cell phone, look, look up on a Google map or, or some way help me. And a lot of them I've told right off the bat, the reason I am needing to ask is because I just got out of 40 years of prison and not one of them batted an eye at that. Most of them have said, wow, congratulations. Welcome back to society. Some reach out, shake my hand, say they're sorry to hear I was in prison that long. And so, yeah. I mean, the people's hearts are really good out here, and that surprises me. I did not expect that because I, I know a lot of the, I know about a lot of the bad stuff going on. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows too. EaseOff LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Standing six foot four, weighing in 245 pounds of crime-fighting, political science, analyzing brawn. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti-cicada agenda. I'm a born-again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic, because we're still here. I'm not taking the vaccine. F*** you, Bill Gates. There was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID-19 virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon. The Patrick and Jeremy Show. Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. 
However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plants. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. second half of Stop the Presses, 15 November 2023, and we're continuing our discussion, a very happy one, with Free Laser, as he's known. He is a Salem, Michigan native. He's lived uh, different places and also is known as a Buddy Holly tribute musician, practically Buddy Holly himself, as I understand it, Free. And uh, someday, being a drummer myself, we're just going to have to jam. It's just going to have to happen. I, I look forward to it, Mark. Uh, music is like the core of my life in terms of career and, and what brings me joy and what I feel like my purpose is on earth is because I just write so many songs that come by inspiration. I guess I've written about four to 5,000 songs that I've started. A, a few thousand of them have never been completed in, in my lifetime. I don't know now if there's time to complete them, perhaps with high-tech equipment. Maybe that's possible, but uh, I have about 600 of my songs on my website. They're just the lyrics are there, but those are completed songs that have all the music. So we've got plenty of material to work with for sure. I'm a little sloppy on my guitar playing these days because I had brain damage in 2001. I couldn't even walk two steps from my bed to the toilet in my cell. So I've come a long way. I play volleyball and various other things, kind of hold my own, run on the beach, and uh, love to play guitar, love to sing. I really, really want to get together with some musicians to get a band together and cut some, I don't know, CDs or, or whatever the current thing is of my originals with a full band, a good quality stuff. So, uh, yeah, Mark, I look forward to getting together with you and doing that. I have been running into musicians all over the place, including some really super professional ones, session musicians that have played in studios to, uh, you know, cut albums for famous musicians, that sort of thing. And they're popping into my life from all quarters. I just have to try to put this together now. I have so many things on my plate to try to settle in. Uh, It's just about unbelievable. And by the way, Mark, since I tend to be probably a little long-winded, when is the next break of anything, like commercial break? Because I'll try to keep an eye on my watch so I don't talk right into a break again. Uh, there are no more. Uh, the music to chime us out of the show will start at about two minutes before the top of the hour, give or take a little. Um, okay, got it. So, got so it. once you get to two minutes to the top of the hour, then start being more concise. But anyway, that's fine. Uh, yeah, we'll have to make that happen musician-wise. Uh uh, music has uh, always been central to me. It was my first love before journalism, and it really remains that foundational thing for me as well. Uh, lyrics and singing, as well as drumming and a little bit of guitar playing for songwriting purposes. 
So I can see we have that in common. We'll have to make that happen. And I wanted to make sure the audience knew that about you. I've written about that briefly, alluding to it briefly in articles I've written about you. There's been three major ones I believe I've written in American Free Press. Now there's right. going to be another one. Uh, the next article in AFP will be about the fact that you're free. Uh, the staff got wind of it because you wrote to the paper and then they contacted me assuming that maybe they heard from you before I did and I reassured them that no, I heard from you before they did and that I was yeah. already on top of it. And so that'll be happening in the pages of AFP. So those that want to uh, read more details, uh, including and beyond what they hear today, uh, that'll be another place to get it in that upcoming AFP article. And I'll make sure I talk about that in the near future. Now, you talked a little bit off the air about the different world, the technology. You talked about that today already on the air. But you also talked off the air about uh, how tough it can be for former prisoners to have job prospects precisely because the world, while fascinating, while interesting, while, you know, an awe to see in many many respects, the, the technology, maybe we're a little too addicted to it. I believe that's true. But amid all those positive and fascinating things, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of an underbelly there with, you know, getting traction, uh, comprehending it all and finding a way to make a living and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, maybe you can address that briefly. Sure. There's uh, there's two different ways I look at this. As you know, Mark, I despise socialism and communism and all that type of thing uh, that California is, you know, kind of leading the way with in the United States. I think California, New York, and maybe Seattle and Washington, but mostly California. So I despise that. Uh, yet uh, I will address the fact that how it's being used in this situation is, is for some good. And I'm, I'm, by no means am I uh, commending it in that sense, but I'm commending some of the things that are being done with it, even though I'm not in favor of what, you know, the socialism behind it. So what I'm getting at is when, when I came out of prison, when, when I was anticipating coming out of prison for years, for decades, and even just in the last few months and last few weeks, when it looked like I really was going to get out, I told people that would tell me the world is so different. you will be totally shocked if, if, you know, it'd be hard to settle into it. I told them, no, I've kept up with what's going on. I've never had my mind leave society and come into prison through all these years. But really, they were right in a lot of ways. The, the technology has changed everything so much. It's just an unbelievably different world, especially the cell phone and computers. makes it such a different world that if people come out of prison and have been in, you know, even probably five or seven or ten years, but especially 20 years and 30 years and 40 years, this world is so different that if I was coming out of prison without friends, without family, without a home to go to, without a way to get food and such. I'm, I'm that person. I would die of starvation before I commit a crime, and I really mean that. And I know a lot of my friends are the same way. It's about integrity. But so many of these people have reverted to crime because they don't have that principle in their life. But it's, and it's oftentimes, not, not always by any means, but it's oftentimes because they have that, that total new world they come into and no way to navigate or function in it. <coughs> Excuse me just a moment. My throat is being attacked. Hold on. 
<laughs> so I commend, actually that's not the right word. I acknowledge that there's some great stuff being done here to help alleviate that problem. I just wish it was being done more through the church and not through taxpayers' money, you know, robbed from the taxpayers. And that, that's where the socialism is involved. But let me, let me talk about what they're doing. California is spearheading this probably more than any other state by far. They're, I'm in a transition house. It was required by the parole board. I was really disappointed when I was told I would have to go to a transition house, like another form of quasi-imprisonment, a lot less restrictions than prison, but still some restrictions. But it's turned out that really I'm glad for it. I, if I knew what it was, I would actually have chosen it because it is a way to get on my feet. There's a guy, this is one of hundreds of transition houses in California, I believe hundreds. Uh, this man grew up in the dregs of Oakland. He became a, a Christian minister, a black man, uh, who had a dream, and he calls this a dream center. From the outside, it looks kind of run down, and it's in a run-down area of town, but on the inside, even though it's an old, dilapidated building, we are fed three meals a day if we want them, if we're not going out and about. And the guys that are going out working, they can take a meal with them from here. And the meals are, I thought it would be like a soup kitchen slop. It's not. It's, it's good and better than many restaurants I've eaten in throughout my life. It's, they've got great professional, great professional cooks. They've got uh, washers and dryers here. I'm sitting in the laundry room right now, which is the best place for a reception, and, and we don't have to hear the... The, bar, the Bay Area rapid, tra rapid transit train going by every couple minutes, uh, roaring into our conversation. But uh, we got, you know, we wash and dry our clothes for free. Again, I hate to use that word, but we have jobs thrown at us. I have so many jobs I could choose from, literally hundreds right now, except I cannot get an ID card because I've got a problem with getting my out-of-state birth certificate and had a uh, change of my first name when I first got out of high school wanting to you know, write a passage, go off very independently in my life. And so I changed my first name. And as a result of that, it's becoming almost impossible to get the birth certificate, which is required for getting the ID without identification. I don't know if it's this bad in other states, but without identification card and or driver's license from Department of Motor Vehicles, can't get anything done. No bank account, no job, no uh uh, ha, ha, well, we get some medical care, but no way to get, even if I got Social Security coming, I can't get any of that until I can get identification that's from the state. It's unfortunate. It's, it's a you know sign of Big Brother uh, looming more and more into our lives, but it's the reality I'm in. And uh, th this place helps navigate all that, helps everybody here get their ID, get into a job if they're willing to, to have one. And the idea is to get us on our feet. It's not to feed us off the government tit forever. It's to get us on our feet. It's a six-month program. It can be extended into a one-year program. Every one of these transition houses is independently run and different from others. And some are worse. And it appears from every source that I've heard from that I've landed at the very best one in the state. So I've been blessed with that, too. I was so disappointed when I learned the parole board was sending me here and, uh, and I read some of the things about this place. None of it was true. None of the restrictions were true. It's just the opposite. It's the most liberal of, of all of them in California. And I do hope that other states will follow suit. On the one hand, 
On the other hand, I, as I said, I don't like taxpayers' money being taken and used for this, but it is true that if this isn't done to some degree in the way that this is being done, or maybe maybe it could be done through the church or voluntary uh, contributions or grants from big corporations instead of government, but, of course, that comes back around to the taxpayer, too, and things that we buy. But if it's not done, then you end up paying more, I believe, Taxpayers yes. end up paying more for recidivism, recidivism and the prison systems growing and expanding like they did intolerably. So it's like yeah, six to one I, half times the other good and bad. Go I, ahead, I believe that, that safety net, or maybe it's more like a safety floor, a floor is better than a net. I think that's necessary. Um, some, some elements of socialistic um, political infrastructure can be very helpful. Because uh, unbridled monopoly capitalism also has its sins and has its um, uh, extreme pitfalls and downfalls. Uh, that's been elucidated in the pages of AFP and here at RBN. Uh, we get, we're given two false alternatives. Do you want socialism or monopoly uh, crony capitalism? Well, the answer is neither one. But sometimes you have to have little elements of both and maybe, maybe some new innovative systems that we've never adopted yet. But anyway, especially monetary reform, but not going off on a tangent, the um, the show would not be complete, Laser, without talking about the other major God is listening, God is acting for you blessing, not just getting out of prison, but you found, to your amazement, that you had a family. <laughs> yes. One of the best things in my life that's ever happened to me, that and my freedom, I would say, are the two best. I, uh, I learned in March of this year that I have two daughters and nine grandchildren I never knew I had. I won't go into all the details of the background on that, but uh, I got a letter one day from one of my daughters saying that she was my biological daughter and explaining that she had learned at the same time that she learned who I was as a biological father. She also learned she had a a uh, half-sister from me, and the two of them have been, you know, already gotten together before she reached me, and we've been in really close touch to one of them. The other one is going to visit me. They're both going to visit me uh, sometime, hopefully, before or right after Christmas, and uh, so we'll get to see each other in person for the first time, but uh, we've been, the one of them has been in communication with me on a real regular basis. We've gotten to know each other really well. She's like a carbon copy of me, all my traits and such. The grandchildren all look very much like me. Uh, some of, in the earlier pictures of them, if you put them up against my kindergarten pictures, you couldn't tell the difference between one or two of them and me. So it's a, it's such a blessing. I was that was one of the saddest things in my life was that maybe I would die in prison and not have any progeny. So this has uh, remedied that problem. God was looking out for me all the time. Um, also, just one miracle after another kept happening from the time I got that. I got the parole hearing uh, advance set early. I got the parole preliminary grant in the hearing, and then everything went through all the hoop jumping that it, where it could have been reversed and undone. So I've been blessed all the way around. And then, this, as I said, this transition house is like the last in a series, a line of about seven or ten almost miraculous, if not miraculous, uh, miracles from God in my life. And uh, the, the total number of kids and grandkids, what is it? 
I have nine grandchildren that I never knew I had, and I have two daughters that I never knew I had. Nine grandchildren. If the <laughs> Lord was not looking, man, he had you at the top of the list, Laser. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just say it. Absolutely. Uh, that, Absolutely. That is just over, that's over the top right there. Over the top good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right now, if you saw my face, you'd see the smile covering my whole face from not only ear to ear, but up above my ears, just, just thinking about it. Yeah, that that is so gratifying to hear above and beyond the simple fact that you're free and you have the first name, Free. That's uh, right. Originally PF and uh, some, something else before that, but um, you've went, and that's been part of your uh, problem with the ID, ID thing and Social Security, but that's just a bunch of red tape that you'll have to unravel, and the place that you're at will help you unravel it. I pray and right. trust that that will be the case. But certainly, right. let me know, if, since I live in Michigan, let me know if I can be of any assistance. I do know a few people here, some pretty wily lawyers that might be able to help you. So we'll see what that, happens. We'll talk, we'll I may talk need off. to take you up on that. Yeah, I may need to take you up on that, Mark. I appreciate that offer. Um, let me mention, I know we're going to run out of time real soon now, but I know we want to talk a little bit about the vaccination thing, and I want to talk a little bit about other political prisoners yes. still behind the walls. But let me mention one other thing real quick. Here was another miraculous thing that happened. I'll try to make this a real short story, but the details to it are really amazing. I went by a house that I used to own in Fremont, California, with a, a realtor friend of mine. We've been friends since the 1970s. Went by an old, old house that I owned, a beautiful old house, and um, knocked on the door about twilight just to ask the person living there if that was the home that I used to own to just try to get some details of who the neighbors were and such. It looked a lot different from the outside. Long story short, uh, the lady that, that came to the door, probably 70 some years old, turns out she bought the house directly from me 45 years ago. I was in real estate. She was in real estate. My friend with me was in real estate on this evening, a couple of nights ago. They invited us in the house just for a little conversation in the doorway their grandchildren, daughter and son, came out. It turns out all three of them are, are ace musicians, professionals to the max. The girl could win the voice on TV, I'm telling you. They're all Christians. They had us sitting down in their living room for quite a long time, probably an hour and a half spent together, if not more. The, the son is a professional guitarist. Guitar teacher brought me out a beautiful Gibson Epiphone hollow body, sits me down, has me play some... Uh, a Christian song and a secular song of my own creation, uh, you know, that I wrote. And, uh, and the, the friend with me, un unknowing to me at first, was taking video of the whole thing. So on, on her Facebook, on my Facebook, if anybody can get to it, there's a short video of me playing one of my Christian songs if people want to hear it. I just want to let you know. It was a miraculous evening, and about three days later in a shop in Fremont, a similar thing happened with a shop owner now old and gray and bent over, but knew me as Buddy Holly Jr., knew all my band members and most of the musicians I associated with back then in the Fremont area. He was in a shop called Mantiques in the Niles area. So anyway, back to you, Mark, and we'll talk about vaccines and, uh, and the political prisoners still behind the walls, if that's where you want to go with this. Yes, very quickly, what is the Facebook location if somebody wanted to check that out, including myself? I need to rewrite that. Well, my Facebook is I have two Facebooks. The new one doesn't have hardly anything. That was just open when I came out of prison. 
the old one, uh, make sure you go to the one where there's a, the, 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 I'm in a circle standing up with a guitar with a star filter on the camera. So it's got this big star glare in the picture. Go to that one and it's, uh, uh, facebook.com slash free dot laser L A Z O R. And you, that should get you there. Then there's an index at the front of it. Uh, and go to, I, I don't actually know from there how to get to it. I'm still learning how to navigate my cell phone. But anybody that knows how to navigate phones will be able to get to that video from there and some other videos. The, the next day or two after that, we went dancing in a, in a nightclub uh, with mutual friends and just had a great time. Facebook.com forward slash free dot laser, L-A-Z-O-R. Anyway, yeah, talk a little bit about what looked like the walls were closing in on you uh, a year or two ago, and, and it had to do with the COVID jabs, and you thought that you would get that jab before you ever got out or that it would be a condition of getting out, and that storm seems to have blown over. Address that briefly, if you would, Pre. Yeah. I never thought I would, but I thought that I well may. So it wasn't yeah. definite, but, but it did become so close to definite that one court actually cut orders, preliminary orders, to do that with some exceptions, but the exceptions were maybe not going to work out for me. And if I did get that, I would probably have been killed from it immediately or, or within a few days because I am so chemically sensitive to drugs and especially vaccines. They used to, years ago, they, had, they passed a statute in California where they could physically, violently force us to be jabbed with the uh, TB shot, the little skin test pop, little uh, skin test. So they did that to me. I was the last holdout in the prisons I was in for years. They would, they would grab a hold of me, drag me out of the cell, uh, hold me down. Four or five guards would hold me down with the knees and feet, my back and my head and neck, and, uh, and a medical person would run out and jab me with that. Even when I was of a code, a TV code, where it was illegal to do that and they weren't supposed to be doing it. So that made me very concerned about what they do with this. And there was also a California senator who had three Senate bills pending to make it mandatory to everybody, including prisoners, to where they would have used physical violence to force it on us. But the backlash from society, and thank you, all of you people out there who gave a backlash against that, because that's what stopped it. If it wasn't for that, I might be dead today, having been forced vaccinated with violent force. <clears throat> I know we got a few minutes left, Mark. <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the political prisoners still behind the walls. Yes. Yes, uh, go ahead, and I'll give a website address that Rudy Davis runs, a very important website related to that. But I'll give that in just a moment, so you can uh, go ahead and segue into that, and I'll give that website and some contact yeah. info on that in a moment. I know, we, I know we only have quick fleeting minutes, so I'll say I know it's a bittersweet experience. I know some of those behind the wall that are seeing that I'm out, they're elated, of course. They're filled with joy for me, but they also it hurts like crazy because I've been through it with hundreds of other prisoners that got out when I didn't. And it's a, I know it hurts their heart that it's not them. And when is their time coming? So I'm just about weeping right now just talking about it. My heart goes out to all of you guys and gals in prison. I could name a bunch of you. I won't right now. We're out of time. But my heart goes out to you, and I will not forget you. And I want to do what I can in, in whatever way I can to help bring you guys out and you gals out too. Uh, so God bless you. Hold on. Don't don't go to suicide. Don't go to, you know, 
the, the dark side of anything. Stay with God and stay with your hope, and uh, hopefully we'll get you all out of there eventually. So God bless yeah. you all. Absolutely. And we'll pray for them. There are a lot of political prisoners. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are political prisoners in America. It is not free from that. It is not immune to that, unfortunately. And there's a great website, a friend of uh, both mine and Free's, Rudy Davis. Uh, you can go to yearofjubilee.com, J-U-B-I-L-E, yearofjubilee.com, or you can go to the rather crunchier web address it takes you to the same place i hate the fbi.com a little more edgy there just a bit i hate the fbi.com or year of jubilee j-u-b-i-l-e.com american political prisoners rudy davis you can call 972-839-9848 that's 972-839-9848 or you can email rud davis r-u-d D-A-V-I-S, that's two D's, R-U-D-D-A-V-I-S at Yahoo.com, Rudd Davis at Yahoo.com. And he lists many of the political prisoners, and uh, Free Free Laser, my guest today, has been among those listed. And there are others, Charles Dyer, Schaefer Cox, Jeremy Brown, Lonnie Berman, Ed Brown, Ed and Elaine Brown, and Jeffrey, Jeffrey Winehouse, et cetera, et cetera. Amy Gonzalez, since you mentioned almost no female ones. Mark, let me intervene. I know I can only do a few seconds here, but I wanted to say Rudy and his wife, Erin, are some of the most beautiful, caring, giving, sacrificing people on this earth. They've given so much to this cause, even when nobody else that they've tried to interact with different, um, you know, like places where they would hope to get it aired on yes. TV channels. Very few people care. They continue on. I have nothing but the greatest commendations to say for Rudy and his wife, Aaron uh, Davis, the greatest people in the world in Texas. Thank you, Free. That's all, the, all we have time for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Free. We're elated and happy for you. We're, we'll keep praying that all the best continues to happen. God has really blessed you. Stay tuned for the next show here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Anderson. We'll stop the presses. We'll see you next time. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.